Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of John. Hi, and good morning, faithful listeners. Once again, my name is Jen. I am the host of this podcast. And today we are actually going to be talking about John chapter 11. And this is another very famous portion of scripture. And this is the raising of Lazarus. Lazarus, the guy who died. Now, the other reason this chapter is famous is because of the verse, Jesus wept, (laughs) which is uh, basically the... um, Even non-Christians know that verse because it is a very simplistic verse. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. So we're going to be talking about John chapter 11, and we're going to break this up into the next few days. So we won't get to everything today, but let's go ahead and read John 11, 1 through 16 today. And let's start this story by talking about why Jesus delayed going to see his sick friend. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who had anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. The sisters therefore sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he for whom you have great affection is sick. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This sickness is not to death, but for the glory of God, that God's Son may be glorified by it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister, And Lazarus. When therefore he heard that he was sick, he stayed two days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let's go into Judea again. The disciples asked him, Rabbi, the Jews were just trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus answered, Aren't there twelve hours of daylight? If a man walks in the day, he doesn't stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if a man walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light isn't in him. He said these things, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going so that I may awake him out of sleep. The disciples therefore said, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he spoke of taking a rest in sleep. So Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. I am glad for your sakes I was not there, so that you may believe. Nevertheless, let's go to him. Thomas, therefore, who is called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, let's go also that we may die with him. So we've heard of Lazarus, Mary and Martha before the very famous story where Mary and Martha were, um, you know, together cooking a meal for Jesus. And Mary was not cooking the meal. Martha was doing all the work and Martha got really mad at Mary. And so she went over to Jesus and she's like, Jesus, tell Mary to help me in the kitchen. And uh, Jesus was basically like, no, like Mary is sitting here at my feet listening to me and she has chosen the better thing out of these two things that you guys are doing. And a lot of times Martha gets a bad rap because she got scolded by Jesus. But I don't really think Jesus per se was harsh with Martha. I think he was just trying to realign her values, saying that, yes, cooking the meal for everybody is important, but the better thing is sitting here and listening to my words, basically. But we're going to learn a little bit more about Martha's character. And in a lot of ways, I sympathize with her. I think she's a very interesting, almost stoic kind of personality. Every time we see her talk or anytime we see her doing anything, she's pretty stoic. 
But anyway, it says here that the certain man was sick, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. So Mary and Martha, sisters, obviously, and their brother was named Lazarus. I think it's interesting also that John makes this distinction that Jesus loved Martha, he loved Mary, and he also loved Lazarus. That distinction is important, and I'll talk to you about that more in a minute. But it says here, it was Mary who had an, it was the same Mary who had anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So that's another story about Mary, where she had brought some ointment and uh, put it on Jesus's feet, wiped the feet with her hair and her own tears, and she had anointed Jesus's feet in that way. So it was that same Mary. Martha, and then obviously their brother Lazarus was very sick. So the sisters sent to Jesus because they were friends with Jesus. They cared very deeply about Jesus's ministry. And so they send to Jesus saying, Lord, behold, he for whom you have great affection is sick. And so it's really interesting to me that Mary and Martha, I didn't catch this initially, but when I was researching all this, they didn't specifically ask Jesus to heal Lazarus. And I I wonder if it's because they just assumed that Jesus would. (laughs) I think they assumed that because Jesus was their friend, Jesus cared very deeply for Lazarus, that Jesus was just going to come back to Bethany and heal Lazarus from the sickness. I can imagine they thought that. So they didn't specifically ask Jesus to heal Lazarus. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness is not to death, but for the glory of God, that God's son may be glorified by it. Jesus basically says right there why he's waiting, why he's going to allow Lazarus to, quote unquote, fall asleep, which is what Jesus called it. The whole reason was to show God's glory, basically. And right after Jesus said this, this is where John makes that distinction that Jesus deeply loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. So John is showing that even though Jesus, who is God, has deep affection and deep love for us, that doesn't mean he doesn't keep us from suffering. That doesn't mean he doesn't keep us from all pain and all sorrow and all hurt. Even though he he truly does have deep affection and love for us. Just because God allows suffering for specific reasons does not mean that God's love for you is completely gone. Then in verse six, when therefore he heard that he was sick, he stayed two days in the place where he was. So Jesus stayed there in the place he was for two solid days, knowing that Lazarus was going to die. Once again, a lot of people would think that that was God abandoning them A lot of people would think that, oh, you know, God's delay in this, in whatever situation you might be going through, is God disliking you, being irritated with you, punishing you. But that's not necessarily the case because God does have deep affection for every human being on the earth. But Jesus did this for a very specific reason. And I'm sure this was a test of Martha and Mary's faith. I'm sure that they were tested quite deeply in their faith in Jesus at this point. I mean, can you imagine how they were feeling? They they assumed that Jesus, who had all this healing power that they've seen over how, however many years, 
They assumed that Jesus would come and heal their brother, and yet he did not. This was definitely testing Mary and Martha's faith for sure. So Jesus waits two whole days and does nothing. It says he stayed in the place where he was. And I mean, maybe he was needed in the place that he was. I mean, Jesus always does stuff for a reason. But even if he wasn't, maybe he was just taking a break and resting where he was. We don't know. But he purposefully waited two whole days after Lazarus had died. So then he said to this after afterward, he said, let's go into Judea again. And so the disciples were like, hey, Rabbi, you know, the Jews were just trying to stone you, which is what we talked about in the last chapter. Are you going to go there again? Is what they ask. So Jesus answers them and he says this kind of perplexing statement. Aren't there 12 hours of daylight? If a man walks in the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if a man walks in the night, he stumbles because the light isn't in him. So this is kind of just logic what Jesus is saying here. There are 12 hours of daylight in a day, right? Typically, the average area of the world has about 12 hours of daylight per day. And we only have those 12 hours, really, for the most part, to do what we are supposed to do each day. We have, I mean, typically most people work during the day. They have 12 hours to complete what they need to do. So Jesus says it was time for him to complete this thing that he needed to do. He wasn't going to be afraid of going into Judea because of the Jews trying to stone him. He wasn't afraid of that. He was doing his father's will. And then he says, he has 12 hours in the day. He says, if a man walks in the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if a man walks in the night, he stumbles because the light isn't in him. I actually shared something on Facebook yesterday from Matthew Henry, a commentary on John 11. And what Matthew Henry talks about is that basically if somebody is walking in the light, that means they are using God's word as a guide for their entire life. When someone walks in the light, they are joyful. They are doing the right thing. They are using God's guidelines to guide them into life, basically. But if a man is using his own knowledge, his own thoughts and guiding himself, he's walking in the dark. And he's going to stumble. He's going to, you know, lose his footing in that darkness because he's, he doesn't have any guiding light. So here's what Matthew Henry has to say about, about this. He says, if a man walks in the night, he stumbles. That is, if a man walks in the way of his heart and the sight of his own eyes, and according to the course of this world... Or if he consults his own carnal reasonings more than the will and glory of God. So in other words, if he's like hedonistic, he falls into temptations and snares, is liable to great uneasiness and frightful apprehensions. And he trembles at the shaking of a leaf, which is actually a Bible verse where, t- where it talks about that people are going to like basically be fearful over nothing. So he trembles at the shaking of the leaf and flees when no one pursues. I mean, I don't know if you guys um, struggle with anxiety at all, but anxiety is basically your body's response to fear. And sometimes your body responds to fear when there is no fear, like there's nothing fearful happening around you, but your body is so stressed and so anxious due to fear. You guys will know how awful it is to 
have anxiety and to have anxiety attacks. It's terrible. It is not fun. It is not enjoyable, right? This is why Jesus often tells us so many times not to be fearful. And this is why Jesus himself didn't have anxiety, didn't have fear about going back into Judea because he was following God's will for his life. Jesus was following the truth, the way of the light. But Matthew Henry here goes on to to say in this commentary, he says, Meanwhile, an upright man laughs at the shaking of the spear and stands undaunted when 10,000 invade. Man, I wish I had that kind of courage to like laugh when 10,000 or more people are like invading. (laughs) Meanwhile, like somebody emails me and I have like a panic response. I'm not even joking. Sometimes I do. I'm just like, oh boy, what's in this email? (laughs) Or when my mom calls me more than once to this day, if I see my mom called me more than once, I have a panic attack. I'm just like, oh boy, something's wrong. I'm going to get in trouble. (laughs) But those are silly things, right? Those are silly things I'm causing myself to be fearful of. I'm causing myself to have anxiety over. But Jesus talks about having no anxiety and he's trying to teach this to his disciples. He's saying, don't have anxiety about going into Judea because we are walking in the light. So he says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep and I am going so that I may wake him out of his sleep. And the disciples don't understand. They're like, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll recover. So they think that, you know, Lazarus is taking a nap. They clearly know that Lazarus is very sick. And they're like, oh, but if he's he's asleep right now, like he's going to get better. So why are you waking him out of his sleep? And also, I would guess that the disciples thought that it was logical that Jesus wasn't going into Judea because of the whole stoning situation that happened in the previous chapter. I would guess that the disciples really didn't think much of Jesus not going to heal Lazarus. They probably thought that Jesus was staying where he was to kind of save his own skin. And they're even questioning Jesus why he's going back. And so they're like, but if he's asleep, you know, if Lazarus is asleep, he's going to recover. So Jesus was speaking of Lazarus' death, but they thought that he was, you know, speaking of taking a rest in sleep. So Jesus said plainly to them, Lazarus is dead. I am glad for your sakes that I was not there so that you may believe. Nevertheless, let's go to him. So now Jesus explains to his disciples very clearly what is going on. Lazarus is dead. And Thomas which is hilarious here, Thomas the Doubter. We always see Thomas as being like the the very um, solemn one of the group. He's very melancholy. So Thomas, therefore, who is called Didymus, in other words, the twin, we don't really know why he's called the twin. Maybe he had a twin brother. Uh, There's actually a church tradition that thinks that uh, Thomas looked a lot like Jesus, and so they called Thomas the twin. Um, Actually, my mom and I, we look a lot alike. We look so much alike. And uh, people, my, I used to go to the same school that my mom worked at, and people there used to call us the twins because <laughs> we look so much alike. But um, anyway, Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go also that we may die with him. So, man, he's he's I don't think he understood what Jesus was talking about, about not having anxiety going back into Jerusalem. I'm sorry, Judea. He didn't get it. And so he says, let's die with Jesus. And I can understand his, his response. I can understand that he was uh, a little bit fearful. 
You know, he just saw a, a potential stoning situation with Jesus. He was probably quite scared, but at least he had faith to go along with Jesus. That's what I can say to that, at least. He had enough faith to be willing to go die with Jesus at this moment anyway. But I think the whole point of this entire chapter is that God's silence doesn't mean that he's abandoned you. And it doesn't even necessarily mean that he said no to you. Perhaps he is making you wait for a very specific reason for whatever you might need. Perhaps he is making you wait so that his glory will be shown. Sharing in God's glory is like the most wonderful thing that can happen. Honestly, sharing in God's glory is is the best possible outcome for you. So just because God is asking you to wait a little bit longer, and perhaps he is testing your faith. Perhaps your faith is being tested so much because you're like, what is taking so long with this thing that I desperately need? Why is God taking so long? You never know the outcome. And obviously we know that Jesus is going to go heal Lazarus. He's going to literally rise Lazarus from the grave without um, giving too much information away if you've never listened to the story. But that's what Jesus was going to do. And this was the most magnificent miracle that could ever have happened. So many people began to believe in Jesus after this happened. I've talked about that before on the podcast, where after this miracle happened, tons of people started turning to Jesus and believing in him because of this miracle. So you never know what the outcome is going to be. You might think you do. You might think you know the outcome and and the outcome seems miserable to you, but you don't actually know the outcome. You can't possibly know because God is so above us and he's so all-knowing and he's so powerful that he can cause anything to happen. So don't lose faith and don't lose hope in God because he can help you. And just because he's asking you to wait for a little bit longer, that does not mean that he has abandoned you and that doesn't even mean that the answer is no. Alrighty, faithful listeners. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode. I really do appreciate all of you guys, and I hope that you have been enjoying this uh, series in John. I also hope that you share this episode if you think that somebody will appreciate it or that it will help somebody. Faithful listeners, I will see you all tomorrow for an episode out of Deuteronomy. Until then, happy listening and God bless.